Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. It's such a great day, a great Friday. It's good to see you. Welcome to the playroom, first and foremost. You're welcome. You're welcome. How is everything going? Going well. Just uh, I, I'm, I refuse to say that I'm busy. I just have many things that I am working on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Well, okay. So we met on Clubhouse, I believe. Yes. So I'm a coach. I'm a. I I started out being a life coach, and then I realized that um, people that I was talking to they all they wanted to do was talk about business because they had known that um i've had businesses so i'm like well i know but you gotta get your life before you can start a business you gotta get your life together so i blended i was able to blend in life coaching with business coaching and so that's what i do and so um i'm working on things because i'm getting ready to hire a va okay well not really a va but an assistant um for sure she's actually local and i'm just getting i'm just fine-tuning things that I'm going to have her start doing to help me out um, so that I can focus my attention. I'm getting ready to start running ads, so I want to focus my attention on that. Okay. Okay. That's really good. First and foremost, I would definitely love to applaud the fact that you're a lifestyle management coach, which I think is a, a recommendable thing completely because there's a lot of practice that goes into the thinking and process and what you're able to do. So tell me more about your story and how you even started this. So um, I'm going to go way back and I'm going to tell you. So I was a teen mom. And um, even as a teen mom, I was so I was really smart in high school. But even as a teen mom, um, I was able to graduate top of my class and get scholarships to college and all of that. And I was athletic. On top of having a baby, I was athletic and ran track all the things okay um and there came a point when i was in school and i was talking to my mom and she says um i was telling her i said i you know i'm in school but people just want to talk to me and and what they just wonder like how i'm making it you know despite having a baby and all these things how am i doing this and I told my mom that I'd rather spend my days encouraging people so that they can do what they want to do. And yeah. she looked at me like I was crazy. And she said, I think I was like 21. And she said, uh, no. She was like, how are you going to do that? And I was like, I, I don't know. And she was like, girl, what are you going to do? Just talk to people? And I said, yeah. And my mom, she says, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And Ooh. just kept it moving. <laughs> and so... Um, that stuck with me. And so when she said that, I was like, you know what? She's right. I'm a young form. Like, I'm not a teenager anymore, but I'm a young mom. And truthfully, I'm struggling. Yeah, who wants to hear what I have to say? Even though people wanted to hear, you know, how I was living my life. So throughout the years, I just, uh, I don't say counsel people, but people came to me for everything. It was like I had a big sign on my forehead that said, talk to me. <laughs> and I talked to people through their issues and even though I was having my own and then one day I was like, you know what, I should probably every the good advice I'm giving other people, I should probably take myself. So I, I started to coach myself and not realize that's what I was doing. And I and I started having businesses even at twenty five years old. And um, it just morphed into what it is today. So in 2018, I officially started my coaching business and I was coaching face to face. Um, then, of course, last year with the pandemic, it made me have to go online, which just really blew things up. So that's how I got started. 
Wow, that's an amazing story because it's it shows that you had that passion from the get-go, but you didn't really know where you were going to take it to. Wow. And now when you think about the the impact that you're creating on, in these people's lives, what what are the things they tell you that you probably did not expect to hear when you were starting this journey? So when I first started, I was like everybody else trying to DIY and figure it out and learn it. Even though YouTube was around, I didn't I didn't view it as a as a good resource at the time. So I was really trying to figure it out on my own with very, very little help. So now I hear you're so good at this. And um, how did you learn all of this? And um honestly and i love youtube because now i'm in the place where if i need a quick like a quick answer i can you know it's a resource and i go to it but back then i just figured it out and did the best i could and it really taught me i I think i'm more grounded in what i'm able to do and i'm more secure and confident oh no i learned how to do this without a video (laughs) so they i hear things like i'm really good at what i do i hear that a lot um, I also hear about my consistency. You're so consistent. You're so consistent. So I'm consistent with things that I say, my demeanor and disposition. So what you see and hear right now is who I am, who I will be all the time um, on all platforms. Yeah. Um, and so I hear those things that reinforce that I must be doing something right if people are saying the same, the same types of things about me. Okay. And that definitely built a, a strong resilience for you, especially when you think about, like you said, it, things blew up for you after 2020. And now if you think about going back into the in-person meetings, now that people are opening back up, what do you think is going to be different for you that wasn't happening then? And now you can be able to use both to your advantage. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. So where I happen to live, um, the, the investment level for coaching, people don't really invest in that where I live. And I can tell you right off the bat now, what's going to be different is I will be traveling. I will be traveling. Okay. I will be going to my clients in different cities and I will be traveling. And I think um, I will be able to bring a different. So my experience with having to go to people to meet them where they are, I think they're going my my new my new clients and upcoming clients. They're going to receive a, a whole different level of um, of a client experience because if I'm going to a new city, you know, I'm gonna bring this 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 greater excitement i'm in a new city not only am i helping you but i'm in this new city i'm seeing different things i'm experiencing different things i know that is going to come through with my communications and that's just going to be a, a better um a better experience for my clients okay and that that tells me already that the people that are going to be connecting with you have a better chance to be better because they can see you through the lifestyle that you already have Yes, yeah, and ultimately that's what that's what it is. I do in uh, in business coaching. People they're they're in business because they want to attain a particular lifestyle at some point. They want to be able to communicate um, their successes in a way that impacts the lives of the people closest to them. So yes, I will definitely be able to bring that to them. They'll be able to see. Okay, in my business, when I get to a certain point, I can do that. I can go these places and even have my children in tow with me. Because I coach women 
So that, that's one of the things that's really important to them is that they're able to um, have more time and connections and do things with their family. So they'll be able to see that in person. Okay. And even with your kids too, how are, how are they seeing this? Because you know, like, oh, I want to be like mommy one day. You know, like, how do they see that when it connects to your vision and where they are as well in their lives as well? So that is such a... That is such a good question, and I'll tell you why. Um, because it's what—it's one of the things that I express to my clients that have children. Your children are watching you do this. You're making such an impact in their lives. So let me tell you, I have many children. I'm a mom of ten, and my oldest is 26, and the wow. youngest is only two years old right now. And my older ones have watched me be in business. From the, from the beginning. And I will tell you, it really helps um, our children. And these are for my clients and their children. This really helps watching their moms um, work a business, teaches them discipline. It shows them what hard work, integrity looks like. It does represent what success looks like. Um, it shows them that if you just keep going, things will happen. It, it teaches your children how to manage trials and how to manage challenges. There is so much value in being a mom or being a parent even that is an entrepreneur or in business. There is so much value. And it's not its not just about us. It's not just about our children because then our children take this and then as they grow up and become older, they share that with their families. And it's just like this cycle of impact. Mm -hmm. It's just this amazing cycle of impact. I call it exponential impact. Wow. Because I honestly, I'm even thinking myself like when, you know, when the kids come and I'm already having a full on schedule as an entrepreneur, balancing those two and giving the kids the most time and the most valuable time as well is is really hard to think about because now you have to split your day into two and you still have clients to travel to. So when you think about balancing it, is it a better position when you know that your kids already know what you're doing and they're comfortable with you not being around all the time or is there having to be a balance of them having to come with you and see what it's like sometimes? Yeah, so I, I'm going to tell you, I really don't believe in balance. Okay. Um, I just think that you can have harmony with life and business. Um, okay. And as, as far as that goes, I'm gonna, just going to speak from my experience and what I coach, how I coach my clients. So we definitely make our families the priority. So when we schedule ourselves for our, you know, our daily task or whatever, however we go about scheduling, I will tell you that my family duties and knowing what's going on with my family goes on my schedule first, and everything else works around that. Okay. So I'm getting ready to put my little ones in soccer. So um, that comes first. And so that means that if I have to rearrange my clients so that I can attend my children doing soccer, then that's what we're going to have to do. I make no, I, there are no concessions. My family will always come first. And I also express that to my, I also express that to my, uh, my clients that they should always prioritize their family. It's important for the children, because you mentioned balance, it's important for our children and our significant others to know that we are not putting anything else before them. So I don't necessarily believe in balance. I just believe that um, when you set your priorities and have your values aligned with what it is you have to do, you're able to um, demonstrate, okay, this is, this is all you, and you can be fully present there, and then there's this work time. 
also set boundaries. So okay. I have certain work hours. I tend to do most things during the daytime hours when my family is away. My husband is gone, I'm in my office. Um, um, even though I'm generally in the home by myself, you know, I still shut the door and um, I get things done during the day, which doesn't impact evening time. And if and if there happens to be like an evening coaching session or something like that, my family is well aware, but I make sure that their needs are taken care of first. Wow. That, that definitely gives me some confidence <laughs> because it just means that like they, there's a rule, like every house has a rule. And, you know, there's that rule book that you have to go by so that if somebody, a client's calling you at 11 p.m., you know that you're not supposed to be doing that because it's a culture, you know, that you've already adapted to your system. And when you also think about, like you said, a harmony, there's also stress management involved. So when you think about stressing over the demands, priorities, emergencies, how do you how does the stress impact your life and the business that you have, too? Yeah, oh, that is that's also a really good question. So I'm very um, in tune with like my my physical being. So if I start to feel like I'm becoming anxious or a little bit um, overwhelmed and I don't like to become overwhelmed, I, I take I take a step back. And I just stop and pause and I take a look at, okay, what is it that has to be done? I, I readjust my priorities for the moment and handle what I need to. If there's an emergency that comes up with my children or my spouse, um, I also have a real estate business with my husband. If there's something that comes up with that, um, and the real estate business is quite a roller coaster, um, I just stop and I just pause. I do not let the stress um, begin to impact me because I'm gonna I'm gonna get completely transparent here. I'm the type of stressor that I shut everything down and shut everything out, and I I just like I seclude myself. That is not the that's not good for business owners. So I just pay attention to my to my physical being. If I'm hungry, you know I'll get something to eat. Or if, I may not be hungry, but if I know I need to eat or get hydrated, I make sure I attend to those things so that I can handle whatever I need to handle um, in a more sound and wise way. Yeah. Okay. And if you think about the fact that you mentioned, you know, stressing those two out, those two points, there's time management involved because you need to spend time with your clients, you need to spend time with your kids, you need to spend time with your significant other. But at the same time, you, they could clash at some point. Has it ever happened in a, in a situation where everything is happening at the same time and you don't know how to manage it? Try not to let that happen. Okay. Um, the way I, I manage time, I prefer energy management over time management. And I try to schedule things um, based on how I feel. <laughs> so I'm a morning person. So I try to do the tough things in the morning when I have the energy. Um, but as far as like things happening at the same time, I also time block. So when it does come to time management, I time block. I use a real paper like planner. I have a legit planner that I write in and I have highlighters for different colors stand for different things. And I try not to let those intersect. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, they do, but it's not planned and, and that's okay. I also allow for margin in my schedule um, so that in the event something comes up or something crosses over, I have time to, to work on that. The other thing about allowing margin um, is in case 
for instance, I go off of like how I feel, energy, right? Like, do I feel like doing this right now? No. I also, I wake up very early in the morning. So sometimes like around noon or one, I'm like, I'm tired. I have, you know, four more things I need to complete, but I'm just tired and I just can't do it. I'm gonna be honest and tell you that I will take a nap. If I put margin in my schedule and I'm a little bit ahead of where I need to be, if I got 40 minutes, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna close my eyes and take a nap. <laughs> I'm take a rest and I get up and I'm able to finish doing everything I need to do. So yeah, I use a paper planner to try not to let those kinds of things happen. Okay. That makes a lot of sense because now when you take that nap, it's like you're hibernating and you're, you're going to go back into the same energy you had at 4 a.m. in the morning. And it even tells much. Uh, not everyone is a, an early bird. I'm an early bird. And I realized that you actually do almost 80 percent of the work before the sun even rises. Yes. Well, let me. So, yes. I what I started doing um, when the country opened back up and my gym started opening back up, I I get up at four and I pray and read my Bible and connect with God. Then I go work out at four thirty. <laughs> then I'm back home by about six and then I start my day. Now in the summer, when the kids don't have school, I get right to work. After my shower, I get fully dressed, makeup, all of that, and I get right to work. And yeah, I'm able to get a lot done. By eight o'clock in the morning, I get so much stuff done. Um, the kids are school, you know, I got to get them ready and then, you know, get them off to school and then I'm able to continue working. But yes, you're absolutely right. You get so much done. You, you're just waking up and you're full of energy and you, you know, as long as you stay focused, you have the time, no distractions, nobody else is awake. Right. <laughs> you can accomplish so much, but I'm going to tell you, I don't, to your point about it being like, you know, you can get so much done before the sun comes up. Um, I think if people overall, if they had a better handle, maybe created a system for themselves or created some sort of routine, if they, you know, if they stuck to it, they can get a lot done in a short amount of time, no matter when they get up, if they just create that routine and system for themselves. Right. And and there's something that that you mentioned as well in your in your copy, and it's about peace. And when you said 10 kids the first thing that came to my mind is how peaceful is this home that it's it's such a blessing to have everybody in unison you know seeing the same thing nobody's arguing of course we have constructive arguments but when you think about finding peace in your home and and balancing with the business how does that play a role today yeah so like full disclaimer we do have 10 children and five of them are grown and actually out of the house so we have some in college one in the military and then all the other ones have their own households nice <laughs> so we only have five in our house and um we happen to live we don't live in like a mansion or anything but we happen to have a, a nice sized home where people can spread out but i am big on creating an environment of peace and yeah. what that looks like for me is being able to wake up and pray first thing in the morning but um uh at home in the mornings i, I come downstairs to a, a pretty much clutter-free space now i'm a mom with kids so yeah you know there might be shoes or socks i got preschoolers that don't know how to put things away but i i create a clutter-free space i straighten up often i'm not one of those those people running around constantly cleaning but i just i i we try to live as minimal as possible 
Um, I, I play music throughout the house. So even when no one is here but me in the other rooms, I just have peaceful music. Sometimes it's my Christian music. Sometimes it's just nature sounds like birds and you know, just sounds of nature, just to create that space. And I also burn candles and just try to make it comfy and cozy. Mm. And as far as like the arguing and things like that, I know that for me and my husband, um, as long as we are communicating to our children that we love them by checking on them, talking to them, engaging in conversation, um, hugging them, um, not all families do that, but as long as we can communicate to our children that we are with them and we're present for them, then we are able to just see a more peaceful space in our, in our home. That's beautiful because now it, it shows that there's more control over the emotions because there's already a system that is you know, predominantly created to make sure that everybody's on the same page and you're able to connect without having to despair anything or put anything to the back burner. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. We're trying to set that precedence. And I wanna, I'm gonna tell you that um, in talking with our older children, they remind us of that. Cause when I go to their homes, I say the same thing. I'm like, oh, it's so peaceful here. And they're like, well, it was just like, you know, this is how we live. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's how they've been raised to, um, to just have a, a place of, of, quiet, of quiet and love. Exactly. Now, tell me about diversity management. I, I don't even know what that means, but I know it has a lot to do with differences. So how, how does that play a role into what you do? Yes. So um, right now, diversity management, it's not just, you know, the color of your skin or, you know, it's not what we, the primary factors that we think of when we think of diversity. You know, you're from Asia, you're from, you know, Africa, you're from the States or whatever. It's not that. It's things like um, you are a single mom or you are a caregiver of a parent or you are a parent of um, a child that has autism or special needs. It's the things that we don't think about. And so how that plays a part in my coaching business is when I'm able to connect with my clients and do some one-on-ones, um, I do mainly group coaching, but I also, I care about my clients, so I do take time to speak with them one-on-one. I'm able to utilize the fact that they have unique differences going on in their lives and I'm able to help them use that as a catapult in some in some cases to um, to get them to the next place in their business when they're thinking that they can't do it or it's too much of a struggle or you know when that doubt and that doubt starts coming in I remind them of no 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 you were you are different you have a unique quality and this transfers into business or there this unique difference about you transfers into why uh, your home, your life, your relationships are at peace. So I'm definitely able to to use my diversity management background in my coaching business. Absolutely. That's amazing. It, it just shows that there is much more to the pot than it is from an outlook because somebody is looking for me from an outward perspective saying, okay, yeah, maybe I'm in this mix, but I don't know how to get out of this mix. But now when you combine diversity management with psychology, with organizational leadership and organizational development, it now puts you up at a pedestal that now makes you feel more in control. Now you have a better 
formation on figuring out, okay, this is what I want to do. And it can also help the person that's looking at you to now say, okay, what are the questions that you can help me with? Because everybody has their pain points. So when you think about the passion that you're bringing to the table, what are the pain points that you see with your clients when they deal with psychology management, diversity management? What are those things that they struggle with that you help them, you know, manage and pass through on? Yeah, so the, what it boils down to is there's this overarching fear. There's yeah. this fear that they are not going to measure up, that they're not going to be successful, that they're not going to be able to compare. Um, you notice the words I'm saying? Yeah. There are things that a lot of people go through, not just entrepreneurs and business owners, but it boils down to fear. And using, you know, my psychology background and using what I've learned academically and what I've experienced and pushed and moved past through to help them overcome fears so that they can create this space and this life for themselves where they can now be very successful in business. That's what it, that's what it boils down to. Addressing their fears and teaching them and coaching them through through pushing past those. That's amazing. It, it shows that you really care about the people that you, you coach and you train them. And when you mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast today, when you talked about virtual and in person, are there some people that just like some people say, hey, I'm not going back to work. I'm just going to stay remote. Are there some people that have to, you have to go by their rules because of how they already live their lives or it's totally dependent on how you structure your business? So um, there will be, so what you're asking is if there will be times where we can get together, I will go meet with people in person. Right. So I'm definitely open to that. And I'm going to tell you ultimately, like, um, maybe not ultimately, but one day, and I was so hoping before the pandemic, what I planned to do was host like a, um, a, like a vacation, not a vacation, but like a meetup, you know what I mean? Where we go someplace, um, a beach. We have my, we, my husband and I, we have a house down by the beach. So go to South Carolina and just meet up and, you know, talk and maybe do like a mastermind. That was the plan. Yeah. Then COVID hit. We weren't able to do that. And I was considering, are we going to do that this year? Um, but I'm okay in the on- online space. I'm okay with that right now. Um, I think doing things virtually is okay. I prefer face-to-face. I do, but I understand people are a little bit uncomfortable. So in the meantime, I will be considering ways that we can meet, you know, we can meet together as a group or we can meet, you know, one-on-one if I need to fly out somewhere. I'm okay with that. And if they want to continue doing it virtually, I'm okay with that too. I've set up a system where I'm able to offer a lot of support to my clients. So I'm prepared either way. That's good. That's good. When you think about also challenges as well in your business, because right now you've built a system that works, but before you found that aha moment, what were you doing before then that was really like, okay, test, test, repeat, test, test, repeat. What was that? Circ- I know. <laughs> so um, when I first became an official life coach, that was test, test, repeat. Okay, so what do we need to talk about? Um, it There was a lot of information gathering that I needed from my, my one-on-ones at the time to really identify what a... a a coaching program with what my coaching program would look like so it took some refining it definitely took some readjusting and reevaluating constantly until I was able to come up with what I needed to, to come up with and so now I've, I, I, I got it I got it I got it now but it definitely 
took some time. And I want to tell you that my clients, they, some of them knew what was going on because, you know, I asked for grace and um, I told them that, you know what, I, I need your help. I need your feedback. And it was a great reciprocal relationship. Other, other clients had no idea that I was still testing the waters, <laughs> but they were getting results. And that was the, the end thing. We yeah. needed for people to get results. So <laughs> Exactly. That that's amazing. If somebody comes to you today and says, "Hey, please help me with my life." <laughs> you know, what what do you take them through? Do you have a pre-qualification process or do you just have to see where they are and then take it up from there? So, I always like to talk to people. Uh, we do we'll do a Zoom and I'll explain to them I have a method called the STAR method. And I explain to them about my STAR method and I invite them for an opportunity to apply to see if working with me would be a good fit for them. And we go through the application. Not everybody qualifies, but um, many people do. And in that case, they will then be entered into my coaching group. If it's somebody that wants one-on-one, like hand-holding, I do do that. There's definitely a different investment level. Definitely. But yeah, I just take them through the coaching program. It's 90 days, um, yet they, they still stay connected. There, there are ways to keep everyone connected. Because once you're part of the family, you're just part of the family. Exactly. Even when someone's done with their program, do they still have access to you or do they have to pay another um, plan? Okay. No. Mm-mm. There's an, uh, an initial investment level. And at this point, no, they still have access. And I'm going to tell you, so I'm on my third coaching cohort as a group um, since I moved away from one-on-ones. And um, yeah, I, there have been people that still even pop in here or there for my other coaching group. I'm so okay with that. Once you're part of the family, you're part of the family. Um, and, and I want people to continue to uh, have continued success. So yeah, they have access to to if I come up with new worksheets or you know new resources. What I find out, I let them know, and yeah, they have access. So it's a great it's a great situation <laughs> for anybody that that works with me. And that's it right now today. Okay, you just mentioned something that also like brought a question to my mind in terms of one on one versus group coaching. What is more effective? as a coach is it telling everybody the same thing at the same time or telling different people where they are and helping them progress independently yeah so i had this conversation last night with a group and i absolutely think that group coaching it for me group coaching tends to be more effective because i'm all about impacting lives not just one life but lots of lives and so if i can touch more lives with the with the same information at one time that's great now some people are saying oh you know what i know about this already or i've implemented that years ago or something like that right in a case like that i love it because they you know so it's not just me doing all the coaching and all the talking and all the teaching my my other clients have an opportunity to hear from a peer about how they implemented something that i'm talking about in their lives and the success that they got or how they tried to implement something similar but they like what i said now they're going to try that and see if they can get a different result so the group coaching is so full it's so rich um people develop relationships and um a community is really built and again Again, I'm all about impacting lives, not just one. And so it's not the, it's not just the lives of the people that are in the group, but it's all the people that they impact too. When they take that information back to, because many of them are also coaches, when they take that information to their clients or their family members, 
so many people are impacted and that just warms my heart. <laughs> That's amazing. It it actually brings a lot of light because the the keyword that you mentioned there is that the peers can also become a coach inside the same session. And that gives them authority to feel like they're also important because it's not just, oh, I'm being told what to do, but now I can tell somebody like me. And when they know something, they can also implement it because at the end of the day, it's teaching, it's coaching, it's mentoring, it's leadership. It's that servant leadership mentality that brings in the best results as well. Absolutely. You said it all. Absolutely. That's amazing. And last but not least, if somebody's a coach or wants to be a coach and they're doing this test, test, repeat right now, what can they do today that can help them get off that high horse and start doing the groundwork to give them that edge that they're looking for in their business, wherever they're doing their coaching in? Yeah, so the one thing that I recommend that all coaches do, if you're already uh, if you're already trying out this, this coaching space, yeah. the one thing I recommend that they do is identify exactly who it is that they serve, who it is that they serve. And I will tell you from experience, I thought I wanted to serve a particular um, a particular group of people, but another particular group of people found me. So I, again, you heard me say that most of my clients are coaches. So I'm finding that I'm becoming a coach for coaches. So my, my, my message is starting to shift slightly because those are who's, who's attracted to me, other coaches. So I would recommend that they start to identify who it is that they serve. And if they're, if they're struggling with that, then they need to reverse engineer it. Well, who comes to them? What are some general um, commonalities between people that come to them for advice or come to them for coaching? So that would be the first thing that I would recommend that they do. The other thing I recommend that they do is to get solid on their message. Be clear, be concise, and be consistent with what it is they talk about. So because that will always draw people in. When you're on social media, whatever platform you're on, the pictures are beautiful. The videos might be good, but at a certain point when someone is ready to start working with you, they're going to go they're going to push past all of that and they're going to want to see the meat of what it is you're saying. Mm -hmm. They're going to look at your captions. They're going to really, really look between the lines of those videos that you're saying. It's not about the, the, how nice they look. And if you are having, if you have a consistent message, it tells someone, it gives them that confidence that when I invest my my hard earned money and in some cases i mean i don't want you to have to you know come to me and struggle in other areas financially but you know if i am going to invest in this person i want to be confident that they're going to be able to get me the transformation that i need it's not just a transaction but it's a true transformation so i would recommend that they know their audience that they know their that they um, are clear on their message and then the last thing is that they have a a solid offer what is your offer now it can be general like in my case i knew that um i was doing one-on-ones and then i wanted to do this 90-day coaching program my offer is a 90-day coaching program your offer could be, you know, eight weeks or half a year or even a one year deal, whatever the case. Get solid on your offer. The thing that is going to help someone get from one point to another. Those three things I think would be key for somebody that is in this coaching space trying to figure this out. That's amazing. You said 90 days and 
I thought this was the last question, but you, you just brought something to my attention. And if let's say you're on day 45 and someone wants to start on one, do they have to join the wait list for you or do they just join in because you're so far in the syllabus and the module that if they start at day 45, they'll be like, huh? Yeah, so at this point, what's happening is because I don't want people that demonstrate their interest, I don't want them to wait. So I have them come on in. And there there haven't been too many cases where I've had to like, okay, hold on, everybody. Let me explain and catch, you know, such and such up. No, they've been able to come right on in and, and get a sense of where we are. So while some people are officially stopping at their 90 days, they, you know, they'll continue on until their 90 days is up. But remember I said that my clients have access. So if they still wanted to, you know, continue on um, even past that, you know, for whatever reason, or the other clients that have stopped wanted to continue on, they can. So I make sure that it's not so programmatic where, you know, it's layered on and if they miss it, they don't know what's going on. I try to make it so that no matter what point you're coming in, you will you will get something from it. It will be a- applicable to your life and your business that day. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. It, it actually clears the air now because someone will think 90 days, ooh, I didn't start today. So it, it makes a lot of sense that everybody is in their individual 90-day journey, but you are just running the program and it's on a continuous workflow base. Yeah. Rolling and rolling. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. If somebody wants to really reach out to you, how can they find you? Yes. Okay. So I always jokingly say when I when I'm on other people's podcasts, I'm I'm everywhere. You can find me on Clubhouse. You can find me all these places. But to be honest, the easiest place to get a hold of me is to go to my website, which is justkelly.com, and that's j u s t k e l l e e dot com. Wow. Thank you so much, Kelly. You have been a breath of fresh air today. Just amazingly giving people a a beacon of light just to let them know that they can also do it. And I'm excited to actually have you here in the podcast room, in the playroom. And even before you go, what what one thing would you tell anyone listening to to themselves? Because people listen to themselves and be like, okay, I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, she's right. I've done it. But I don't think so. Like what kind of confidence, because it's also psychology, like you mentioned, what can you let them know that they can also do that you've done before and you've seen pass? Yeah, so I'm a faith-based coach and I always tell everybody to seek seek God's face. Now, not everybody listening to your podcast may believe in God, but if you have a higher power, seek, seek assistance, seek guidance. Don't do this alone because sometimes it will seem like people are not there for you and sometimes they're not, but seek in my case, seek God's face. He will not ever leave you or lead you astray. So that would be my word of advice. Just just go with what you know is good for you. Wow. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so, so much. I've learned a lot myself. I'm sure the audience has also learned a lot. And I just can't wait to bring you back here as well. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And yes, I will come back anytime. Definitely. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome.